from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What's up? Welcome into another edition of The Edge here on VSN, the sports betting network. And uh, I think we got a pretty good show on tap here today, Matt Humans. What do you think, huh? <clears throat> you didn't say that with a lot of confidence. Uh, mainly because to yeah, take people I think on we got kind of, you sound like Wes Reynolds. Yeah, I think we got kind of got a good show. Well, actually, I'm really fired up uh, oh, okay. to take people behind the scenes. I was messing with my audio so that I can make sure it works, but it works <laughs> now and I'm ready and I'm fired up. I wanted you to fill in for me. Uh, yes, we got a great show on tap. Jim Root's going to be with us in 15 minutes. Not the sexiest slate of college basketball, but there's some good games tonight. And of course, uh, we could talk big picture with Jim as well. And he's got plays all over the place in college hoops. He's going to be with us. We got plenty of football, of course. And uh, today, was a big day. Today was a big day. Every day is a big day. I was trying to think of something sarcastic that was not the trade deadline, but come on, NBA trade deadline, I think, leads the way, including the deal of the day. James Harden, now a Philadelphia 76 for Matt. You mean the deal is done. It's not just James Harden that gets a new team, but one that's going to shift the landscape of the NBA. Philadelphia 76ers over at the Westgate Superbook go to 6-1 to one to win an NBA title. Nets actually initially went to 10-1 to one before moving back up to 8-1. to one. Uh, is it really going to shift the landscape of the NBA or just uh, change the odds a little bit? I'm not sure yet what it's going to do. Uh, obviously, for the Sixers, it gives them a lot more hope because Ben Simmons was a zero, non-factor. And then you bring in James Harden. If he can get in shape and stay healthy, it's going to give the Sixers a much better shot to win the East. Uh, I still don't know what's going to go on with the Nets. I mean, that's a, that's a team that's kind of a mess, and they've got some time to figure it out. But I, I think uh, – what it does is make things a little bit tougher for the Miami Heat in the East. Your because guys, I was yeah. talking with Jeff Sherman of Westgate Superbook yesterday and said, you know, if there's no big deals to go down uh, before this deadline, I'm going to bet the Miami Heat to win the East. Mm-hmm. Well, after what happened today, not going to be so tr- quick to pull the trigger on the Heat because now you're going to have to contend with this, uh, a better Sixers team. And who knows how good the Nets can be? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think the Nets can actually be pretty good here yeah. if if you get Ben Simmons back and you get the same Ben Simmons who was still with Philadelphia right the last two seasons. Remember, Ben Simmons is an All Defensive Player in the NBA. Ben Simmons uh, was All Defensive Team each of the last two years, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. We know about his physical skill set, the ability to run the offense if need be, get up and down the floor in transition. Like I mean, just imagine a transition possession with Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving flying down the court. If you're on defense, like that's that's a terrible. Uh, place mm-hmm. to be in. So if, if Simmons is operating at a high level, Woj already had the report that him and Kevin Durant are already on the same page. And here's the other wrinkle to this, which is 
I mean, and I was trying to find an update of anything, but the rumors that this Brooklyn vaccine mandate could be on the uh, verge of getting moved, repealed, whatever it is, which means that Kyrie Irving could now play at home games for the Brooklyn Nets. That, that would be massive. And now all of a sudden you're talking about in a week where you have an elite defensive player, two elite off potentially off-ball guys and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. The Nets could be right back where they should be in terms of contending for the Eastern Conference. Uh, yeah, they're just not going to be the top seed in the East when they get there, no. but uh, that's not that, that probably shouldn't matter. I think uh, at some point this season, it was a pretty good bet for that vaccine uh, mandate or whatever the restrictions were in New York to get lifted. I thought it was going to change at some point this season. You just didn't know when. Obviously, a lot of people in Nevada are fired up today because the mask mandate's been lifted. Mm. JVT, I've received uh, messages from four people today from Texas to Florida. Uh, to Tennessee and New York, who said, now I'm coming out to Vegas for the Super Bowl just because of the mask mandate. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't want to come out here and have to wear a mask. A lot of people are totally against that. I think in New York, uh, eventually that was those restrictions were going to get lifted and Kyrie Irving was going to be allowed to play home games. He just didn't know when it was going to happen. So we still don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, remember how fired up everybody was when the Brooklyn Nets acquired James Harden? Mm-hmm. Just assumed it was going to be a championship team. The mm-hmm. big three, Harden, KD, Kyrie, didn't work out. It doesn't always work out when you uh, pile superstars on the same floor, especially when you get two ball-dominant guys like uh, James Harden and Kyrie. And, you know, a lot of times these guys want to play out of isolation too. KD likes to get the ball and make plays out of isolation. Kyrie does the same thing. Harden does the same thing. It didn't really work on the floor with those three guys, just like it's not working with Westbrook and the, and the Lakers. Well, I, uh, I think that? I'd argue it worked on the floor. I mean, they only played 16 games. Availability was the they problem. They weren't on the floor together. Right. Uh, but I think, like, basketball-wise, it actually worked out pretty well. They were 13-3 and three in the 16 games they played together. Their offensive rating and the numbers were really solid. They just Availability was a really big issue for them. They played 16 games together? Yeah. Seems like a lot, right? Well, that's a small sample. <laughs> it's a small like a sample lot. size, too. I'd have to see the opponents in those 16 games. Yeah. Uh, but we never got to see the big three together in a, you know, in a playoff situation, yes. really. And uh, that's that's when it counts. I, I guess if it was going to work, then why why were they in such a rush to trade Harden? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. So it, it it seems like a personal thing with Harden. And there were I read some reports that the thing that turned Harden off was actually Kyrie. And the fact that he wasn't going to be there and not to be available, right? <laughs> like, uh, there's there's all sort of things. But I think at the end of the day, right, from the Brooklyn Nets perspective, you can talk about winning the deal when you get two first round picks, when you get Seth Curry, when you get what they got back. It seems on the surface that Brooklyn is the clear cut winner. I thought that when I, my initial judgment when I saw the trade was, and that's won that yeah, trade. But in you know, and how much they win it by, I guess if you want to put it that way, all depends on what James Harden shows up in Philadelphia. And I think the one thing that I would stress. When it comes to James Harden, because I saw a lot of the jokes and everything like that, is we how soon we forget that James Harden, before he pulled his hamstring last year, was an MVP candidate mm-hmm. and was carrying the Brooklyn Nets to a top two seed in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. all on his own. So, like I'd be, I, I, like I've told everybody who's asked, like I would be wary on selling on on James Harden just yet. Let, let's see what sell. he is. I wouldn't sell on Harden. I, I think he's going to get motivated too. He's yeah. got a lot to prove right now going to Philly, and uh, Philly's a tough market. You can't go in there and be soft. I think uh, James Harden will, will probably return to uh, what he was when he was a better player in Houston. Maybe things could have worked on the floor for the big three in Brooklyn. We never really got to see it. I think one, one of the pitfalls, too, when you put together a team of superstars is how, you don't know how the egos and yep. all the attitudes are going to work out. I don't know if Steve Nash is the right coach for that situation. You know, that's yet to be proven. 
And uh, it's, it sounds like Kyrie Irving doesn't respect any coach that he's going to have to play for anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, I, think Kyrie, I think Kyrie's been a bigger problem in Brooklyn than, uh, than James Harden has been. Uh, but availability, like you said, has been the biggest deal. Uh, from a betting perspective, what's this do? I think if you were like me and you were thinking about betting the Heat to win the East, now you got to hesitate on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sixers are going to be much better. And uh, like you said, the Nets are going to be right back up there, you would assume, uh, as the number one or number two option to win the East. I still like the Miami Heat a lot, but now you get better odds on the Heat to win the East, right? Yeah. Slightly better. Slightly not, better. Not dramatically better, but a little bit better odds. And I'll tell you what, so in uh, like a lost, so we're going to talk about Philadelphia and Brooklyn. We're going to talk about this deal and what it does in the Eastern Conference, all of these things. Uh, and there was a lot of moves that happened today uh, that were on the fringes that I don't think make a lot of people excited, like, you know, Kristaps Porzingis getting shipped off from Dallas, Dallas acquiring Spencer Dinwiddie to help with one of the weaknesses. And for me, when I look around at what happened today, humans, like the, the moves that were on the fringes, right, the moves that were just like, oh, you know, Team A picked up role player to plug hole on roster. I think to me, some of those are the biggest differences. So, for example, you know, one of the two of the trades that I liked the most, the Phoenix Suns were in the middle of them. The Suns acquired Torrey Craig today to add to their wing depth. They traded away Jalen Smith, who had played really good minutes for them when they were going through their COVID issues. It was a development, a young developmental big that had looked really good in spurts for them. They trade them away for Torrey Craig to come back. He's a really good wing defender. And campaign's been hurt all year, so they go and acquire Aaron Holiday uh, for like a primary backup point guard. Like those are two things. Like the Suns are so much deeper than they were last year. They're so much better in a position of weakness than they were last year. They get two pieces that they really needed on the back end. Like those to me are the moves that make you the most right. excited. That's a good point. You know what I mean? And now they're plus 450 to win an NBA title over at the Westgate Superbook. Like, they are they are set to be really good in the Western Conference. But I know, watched the NBA trade deadline special on ESPN today. With did, you, pan- did you hear about those moves? With the panel of several experts, <laughs> and uh, the Suns were not even mentioned yeah. while I was watching. You know, it was, it was all about the big-name deals. Right now at the Westgate Superbook, Jeff Sherman has uh, three teams – in the favorites role in the Eastern Conference, three teams tied at the top of the odds board. Nets, Bucks, and Sixers all at plus 325. The fourth choice behind that is the Miami Heat at uh, plus 525. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I would probably have to get a little bit better than 6-1 to one odds if I were going to bet the Heat at this point because you do have the Nets, Bucks, and Sixers who look like they're, they're going to be – they could be better teams going into the playoffs mm-hmm. than the Heat. By the way, you know, you know what they say. Real G's moving silence like lasagna, and that's what the Phoenix Suns did today. What did the uh, Golden State Warriors do to improve anything? Uh, I, nothing, I, unless I missed something. I did not see that. And then that was the other headline, too. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers did not make a move, which is kind of funny. They couldn't make a move. They had nothing to offer to any real team uh, of consequence. The New York Knicks uh, stood pat as well at the trade deadline. So outside of the big moves, I think the ones that shook a lot of trees is going to be the Dallas Mavericks shipping off Kristaps Porzingis. And uh, if Montrez Harrell has a new home for the, he's in the Charlotte, like he's with the Charlotte Hornets now. Mm. That doesn't make much sense to me because the Charlotte Hornets suck defensively. And so they get, they, they needed a big, but they go and get a high upside offensive big that plays no defense whatsoever. So they're going to be the exact same team they were and have been all season long. Uh, but as you look around, it's pretty status quo with the other teams. And I think we're going to talk about, of course, Brooklyn and Philadelphia all day. But I would say look at some of the other moves, specifically what Phoenix did. And I think that's what should pique your interest in terms of solidifying title contention chances. So, All right. Good day. It was a fun day. Yeah, I watched the, uh, I watched the ESPN show, like I said, and a lot of the talk was about the Lakers and how the Lakers didn't do anything. But, Who cares? Well, it's the – Lakers are twenty six and thirty, and uh, they're they're backed up against the wall right now. And you, you can't do a whole lot with Russell Westbrook's contract. What can you do? Just ship him off for John Wall, and that was it. 
you can just shake things up a little bit and make it look like you're making a move to uh, to improve the situation. But are, are you really improving the situation? I think the Lakers need something dramatic, but now's not the time you can do something yeah. like that. And Ramona Shelburne did report that they had a deal on the table for John Wall, but they had to add draft compensation. The Lakers didn't want to do that. So. Well, and that's something the Lakers probably should have done, too, because uh, really at this point, you got LeBron. Are are you going to hold on to your twenty twenty five or twenty twenty seven first round pick? Yeah. You got to deal that pick, don't you? And try to make the team better now. Something. Yeah. yeah. Join Stormy Bonatoni and uh, her guys in the desert. Those three right there: Vinny, Jimmy, Chris, here at the South Point. Hey, hey all those people that said they're going to come now because the mask mandate's done. Uh-huh. Now they're going to be here at Betting at Beers tomorrow. How about that? So make sure you check that out. Oh, so many of the beasts in town, including that human's going to be there. You can come shake hands, kiss babies, and listen to some great stories when it comes to betting the Super Bowl. And it's free for everybody over. 21 stop on by from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is uncanny usa He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. Play at Dog the Films Tatum versus Dog 50 yard fetch for free for a shot to win a share of $10,000 on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Catch cash with Channing Tatum when you make your predictions in this free-to-play pool. And we'll be donating an additional $10,000 to Tech for Heroes. Head to DraftKings.com slash DogTheFilm now to join the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're going to go see that one, right? All right, let's talk hoops. <laughs> let's talk hoops. All right. Uh, Jim Root is with us, three-man weave. Uh, nice enough to give us some time. Uh, all NBA trade deadline with Jim. I'm sure he's totally prepared. Uh, all right, Jim. Uh, first off, uh, let's you know what. There's a lot to get to, so I want to give Matt Eumanns the floor because I think he's got some games on his board that he's more interested in than I would be. So, well, actually, I think it's a decent card tonight. Not okay. a great one, Jim. I know what uh, your plays are tonight. We'll get to those. I want to, I do want to tip it off in the Big Ten with this uh, Purdue-Michigan game and see what you think about this because it's a quick turnaround for both teams. Wolverines won on the road 58-57 at Penn State on Tuesday night. Purdue blew out Illinois in the second half. Now hits the road for Ann Arbor. This is a rescheduled game from early January. And uh, Purdue a three-and-a-half point favorite here against a Michigan team that's been among the most disappointing teams in the country. Is the home dog live in your estimation here? Man, it's hard to say. I, I, there are some conversations or some comparisons, I think, that could be made to Oklahoma last night, mm-hmm. taking down Texas mm-hmm. Tech, you know, similar spread, desperate team that wants to get back in bubble conversation. But Purdue just 
feels like they found a different gear and it almost started on Saturday against this Michigan team. They handed the ball to Jaden Ivy and they said, we're going to run pick and roll three. We're, we're going away from the post up centric every time we're going away from some of this continuity motion stuff that the painter runs and we're still unleashing our best player. And Ivy's been incredible since they've done that. In the last three games, he's averaging 23, seven and six. I mean, those are NBA numbers. You don't get that in the big 10. So I think that that extra gear has given them a little bit of a notch ahead. I know the spread's gone up from three to three and a half. So people are buying that a little, the total's also strange here. Uh, last game closed 145 and a half only had 65 possessions, but this one opened 150 bet down to 145. People were not having that higher total. So it seems like there's, there's definitely money coming to the under. I'm scared of Purdue unders with uh, the, the, just with the way they're playing. So I'm staying away from that, but I like the gear that Purdue has found. I think that might be the side tonight. Okay, that's a good take on that, too, because I like uh, having the ball in Jaden Hivey's hands a lot more often. That's one thing I've said a weakness Purdue has. It really doesn't have a true point guard who's a dynamic uh, playmaker, and Ivy needs to kind of play that role and uh, really ignite the offense for that team. How about Duke off a loss? Really a stunning home loss to Virginia uh, a few nights ago. And Duke now a six-and-a-half or seven-point favorite at Clemson. Yeah, Duke is a tough one. Like I've said this on our show, Duke games are about Duke. Whether we're getting the headliner Duke, the awesome Duke that sometimes they're able to put out there, or if it's going to be kind of the dud, lay the stinker. And I mean, the last two games are the perfect encapsulation of that. They go on the road to UNC, arch rival, they're amped. They totally dominate. Then they come back home against an inferior UVA team, and they're not able to get out in transition. They lay a stinker. They lose outright. So this one, I, I'm kind of thinking it trends back towards good Duke, and we get them engaged, even though it is on the road at Little John. They've lost three of their last four at Clemson. I still think we get a better Duke effort here, and it's it's scary to two straight games be sort of endorsing the the road favorite. Uh, I'm not actually betting this one, but my, my gut tells me we get a better Duke effort here. I wanted to go back to the Big Ten, uh, 771, 772, Iowa and Maryland. What do you make of this spot for Maryland? Because they're at home. We've seen this go from four to th- as low as three in some spots, Jim. The total's down to as low as 146.5. You know, when I watch Iowa, like less than impressed most of the time. Defensively, they've had some stinkers on the road as well. They're two and five straight up, I think, three and four ATS on the road. Uh, I kind of understand the market move here. Do you? Yes, this is one where I do like the home dog. I think Iowa is just a different team on the road. They're they're not able to to get the same kind of momentum, like spirit killing runs. They can really do to you in, in Iowa City. They hit a couple shots in a row, and suddenly it's like, whoa, we're down ten to fifteen points. What even happened? Uh, I think Maryland is going to try to slow things down. Uh, that's that's kind of been their mo under Danny Manning. They want to play a little slower, play more through the paint than they did under Turgeon. So I, I think that under has some value. I, I feel like that's that's solid coming in. And Iowa is a little inflated in analytics ratings because of blowing teams out. If you filter Bart Torvik for only games against the top 100, Iowa's 50th. In in other words, or in in other games, they're 20th. So if you take out those blowouts, they're not as solid. I think these teams are. Close-ish to equals. This game should be more close to a, a pick'em in my consideration. So I do like that plus three at home. Agree with that. All right, let's go west, young men. <laughs> let's go to Arizona, Washington State. Jim, is this right? The Cougars have won five in a row. They have not beat the powerhouse teams in the uh, Pac-12. The few powerhouse teams there are. But uh, right now, Arizona is six and a half, seven-point favorite. A very similar setup to the Duke game, even though Arizona is not off a loss here. Is this a dangerous spot for the Cats on the road? 
Yeah, I think it is a little bit. Uh, th- this one also, I think a good comparison is SMU Houston last mm-hmm. night, where it's the home team trying to get towards that bubble conversation, but they haven't gotten that premier win yet. And this this is really the, the big one for Wazoo. Like you said, they, they haven't gotten the premier one atop their resume. They played kind of a weaker non-conference schedule and lost some some tough games to mid-majors. So if they want to get into the conversation, if they want their resume to keep up with their predictive analytics, they need to start getting wins. And this is where you got to do it. A young team that can turn the ball over at times. They have some point guard questions with Kirk Creesa. He's very erratic for Arizona. So the number, it's probably about right. But spot-wise, I think this plays up for the Cougars, and, and we get a really monster effort from a team that I think is better than their resume shows right now. All right, let's go to uh, Pacific and Gonzaga. And the Zags, 31 to 32-point favorites in that neighborhood. You're not going to look at the side. You're looking at the total here. You want to play the total over 153.5? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I I think there's going to be a ton of points here. Gonzaga's pace in conference play has been absolutely absurd. They've had a couple games hit 90 possessions. They've been in the 80s fairly consistently. And Pacific isn't a team that's, like, desperate to slow it down. They'll run with you if they need to. They just played USC, so I don't think they're going to be totally blown away by the the size and athleticism of Gonzaga. They've seen something at least mildly similar. So I think we see a ton of points, particularly in the first half, uh, when, when you're not having to worry about some of the, the garbage time stuff, final five minutes, whether the walk-ons are out there and they get enough baskets. Uh, I think the first half over is a viable option, and I, I like the full game over 153.5 as well. All right, that's one of Jim Root's best bets. Uh, I've got one more for you in the Pac-12 here before JVT uh, hits you with two more of your best bets. Ben Wilson of VSIN is on the call mm. on this game tonight. And uh, it's obviously a uh, it's a it's a basement uh, battle in the Pac-12. But Arizona State, a one, one-and-a-half point underdog at Washington. Um, and he's getting the top-tier assignments, huh? Well, at, least, <laughs> at least he's getting Pac-12 basketball. Let's, let's put it that way. At least he's getting he's getting some good mountain, decent Mountain West games too. Pac-12 and Mountain West. But Ben Wilson does a great job, no matter the value of uh, the matchup. How about Washington? Could you could you play the Huskies here in the short favorites role against Arizona State or not? Maybe I, I think you probably could. Arizona State's been in a tough schedule spot. I mean, they just played Arizona twice and both LA schools. Mm-hmm. So like th- that's about as up as you can get for a stretch. Now you got to go all the way to Pacific Northwest against a Washington team that's sneakily in like third in the Pac-12, coming up on second. They've actually been really, really solid in league play. Kind of coming around to the talent that that, that roster actually has. Uh, they lost a bunch of buy games early on. People got down on them. And I think that deflated their value in the market a little bit. Now they're starting to trend back up. Uh, they're not playing 2-3 zone as often as you'd expect from a Bayheim disciple. But I think that, that that's okay for the athleticism they have on the roster. So uh, just because of the spot with Arizona State and the travel coming off the rivalry game, I think Washington's probably the side there. All right, let's go to the MVC. Then Indiana State, and they'll be getting their faces caved in, having covered a game, or one game, excuse me, since January 11th. And this is an interesting home and away situation. They're on the road laying four here. Yeah, they're getting their faces caved in, and I've been doing the same, trying to back the Sycamores, and it hasn't gone that well. Uh, last time out, they played Evansville just two days ago. They were 0 for 17 from three. Didn't make a single jumper. Uh, neither team had an offensive rebound. It was a really weird game. I think that's the first time that's happened in 25 years that there are no offensive rebounds. But I like Indiana State. I think that was a fluky result in the first one. Evansville's beat up. They're missing a the key starter. And Indiana State, their, their coach was so disappointed. He said it was the most disappointed he's been in 24 years as a coach. So 
So I, I think you get a much better effort from Indiana State, laying a lower, uh, laying a lower total or, or number than they were at home. Uh, I think they run away in this one, and, and we see a much more motivated effort from them. And uh, North Dakota State on the list as well. You got them at a better number, though. It looks like right markets moved a little bit here. Oh, did it? Okay, love to hear that. I like yeah. when the market backs me up. Uh, but yeah, I like North Dakota State. It's a slight road dog, or even you know, over to pick them minus one. I think is just fine on the Bison. I've been on them a lot as well recently. Uh, mostly good cover numbers, but a couple at home where they were you know laying six or seven and they won by five. Uh, but I still think there's value on them. Uh, they missed their their starting point guard Sam Griesel early in the year, and that those results I think have have still kind of lasted with them. And Western Illinois has been sinking a little bit in conference play. So North Dakota State basically just having to win on the road in Macomb. I think the Bison are, are definitely veteran enough to get it done, and they're desperate enough. So I think they need to keep pace in this race, and I love the Bison on the road. All right, Jim, we appreciate the time. Hey, let people know about the, what is it, like the uh, semi-daily uh, best bet pods you guys do, right? Yeah, yeah, with the Field of 68, that's on YouTube. You can check our Twitter, 3MW underscore CBB. It's there, too. Appreciate I watch, it. I watch every day, man. Thanks, Jim. Well, thank you. you. Got it. You probably right. do watch him. I do. Yeah. No, it's great info. It's, I would recommend it to anybody. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. Don't worry. Super Bowl 56. We'll talk about that. It's coming. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Question about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts. The VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vsin.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by your experts on air or at vsin.com. Or it could be ignored, but I think it'll be answered. <laughs> it's a weird caveat to throw in there. Could be. Pretty good chance it's going to be answered. Send it in and uh, in the topic bar, so attention JVT. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. With that, um, let's see. I'm, I'm perusing here. Matt Eubens going to check this out really quickly. Make sure I haven't missed anything in the last few minutes. Uh, okay, four. Oh, look at that. I've got a three and a half on my screen mm-hmm. for the Cincinnati Bengals with a total of 48 and a half. Or excuse me, for the Rams here. So Bengals drawing some action. I know we have some big bets to a address as well here, but the numbers on the move and screen right now, four across the board with a lone three and a half out there, huh? Yeah, that? there was some questions, I guess, a week ago, Monday or Tuesday, would this line ever get to five? It had a chance to get to five, didn't quite get there, and now it's headed back the other direction. No, no surprises. Ed Orgeron would say, go Bengals. And that's what the betting public's going to do this weekend. Uh, Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Superbook said that he's surprised how much support the Bengals continue to get. It's just rolling in. I don't know if that's a bad sign for the Bengals' side on Sunday or what, but uh, it's definitely a public underdog in this Super Bowl. Uh, Caesars Sportsbook was the first one to go to three and a half mm-hmm. um, here in the last couple of days on the Rams. And uh, the, I think the big, the big number – in my estimation at this point, it's the money line. How, how far is that money line going to dip? Are we going to see Rams minus 170? I know Jay Cornegay said he does think it's going to get that low. And you got so many different books out there. you got plenty of options where uh, there's probably going to be a book or two that does dip that low. If you want to play the Rams on the money line, I think m- minus 170 is the way to do it instead of laying. I always hate to lay the hook on the three. Mm-hmm. I know you did that. And uh, that, that was the best number. What you did is lay the best number you were going to find on the Rams at minus three and a half. Yeah, because I figured it was going to do what yeah. it did and stay there. Right. Ultimately. Which was the right call. I just hate laying the hook on the three. 
or the four. And a minus 170 in the Super Bowl, a lot of times you get a bargain money line price on the favorite. So if you like the Rams, lay the 170. Um, I think that's the way to go there. As far as the total of 48.5, I still think that total is going up. And a couple of the bookmakers I talked to think the same. But it looks like it might not make it all the way back to 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, things change, and Jimmy Vaccaro would tell you the same thing. He's been surprised by some number moves in the Super Bowl over the past 30, 40 years. Uh, you know, you don't think a number is going to get there, and then all of a sudden when the public shows up and starts betting this game with both fists and you see these amusement park lines stretching out of sports books all over town, all of a sudden a number that you didn't think is go- was going to appear does appear. Yep. So maybe it does. total does get back to 50, but it looks like 49.5 is where this total is going to top out. Uh, I thought if we get back to 50, it looks like that's not going to be the case. We've got uh, a big bet on the under in the Super Bowl. This is from uh, a sports book on the East Coast. Oh, this on the over. What's that? This on the over. Or at least it says right there to go over 48 and a half points. Well, why does the headline say big bet on the under? Oh, look at this. We've got conflicting numbers here. Okay. Well, I guess we got to get that right. <laughs> it's either over or under. I know that. And it's uh, actually been on the push. <laughs> 210,000. And I'm not sure if that's right. I guess the bet is on the over. Okay. Yeah, it's on, it's the, on the over. And uh, it says $210,001. Mm. Is that right? Or is that one just yeah. in there by mistake? 210000 uh, $210, <laughs> okay. uh, That is according to uh, FanDuel. Yes, that is the actual wager. A customer, uh, okay. Well, that is the potential buyout. Or anyway, there was a big bet on the Bengals that showed up yesterday. That was at the Westgate Superbook, and that's 100000 on the Bengals. That plus four and a half at the Superbook here in Nevada. So you see a big play on the underdog. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of big bets that roll in on both sides of this game in the next few days. Yes, there is. You can answer that question. Will it be a winner or a loser, Matt Humans? What's that? The one hundred and thousand dollar wager on the Bengals plus four and a half. Uh, I like the Bengals plus four and a half, but I also said if, if you like the Rams, way the one seventy. I I picked the Rams to win this game by two. Yeah, uh, that I do think it's going to be similar to the last six playoff games went down to the wire. I think this one will probably do the same thing. That's why I don't want to lay more than three if you like the Rams. But my my official projection for the game was twenty four twenty two Rams. I'm not going to bet the total. That's basically right there on the number. It's not going to surprise me at all if this game flies over the total. I, I do not – probably my weakest opinion on this game is the total. So here's my, my question for you. As we talk about the money line, which is always a, a really interesting topic when it comes to uh, the Super Bowl, as we see this dip down to four now across the board pretty much in one shot flashing at three and a half, I, I find it somewhat surprising that we're actually still holding pretty strong here at like buck ninety or $2 on the money line price at almost every single shop out there. So it seems like there is some resistance to move uh, from the money line price of $2 minus one ninety. given that I think there's a lot of people like you sitting there waiting for that money line to dip. Mm, I'm not surprised by anything right now because no. it's Thursday afternoon and nobody's in town yet. Well, I, I guess what I'm asking Look is – Look at the lines at the sportsbook here at the South Point. There's an old lady. There's a total of about seven people out there. So <laughs> that's going to be a totally different uh, picture when we get to uh, – we get to Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. So that, that's when I think that number starts to drop okay. in, in terms of the Rams' money line. When all that Bengals' money line liability starts to pile up and mm-hmm. those guys are sitting back there, well, it's time to drop this. we got to drop this Rams number and try to get people to uh, play the Rams. I think that's going to happen Friday night, Saturday, 
um, things like that. I, I've been around a couple sports books today, and it's just, it looks like just another day. JVT, it doesn't feel like it's you know, three days away from the Super Bowl. Tomorrow's going to be a different feel. Mm-hmm. And the cheapest money line out there right now, Superbook Sports has minus 185 on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, and the uh, best price you can get coming back on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at this point right now, at least on the screen, a couple of shops, including this one that we're at right now, the South Point and Circa sitting at plus 170 on Cincinnati. So we'll see if this uh, continues to evolve. You know, once again, right too, I've talked about this a few yeah. times this, uh, in the past week or so. If you like the Bengals on the money line, I still think the way to play it is Joe Burrow to be MVP. Mm-hmm. And Circa last night went to Burrow plus 275 to be MVP in the game. Previous to that, the best price in the market was plus 250. Uh, but plus 275 is a that's a big difference from the current Bengals money line of plus 170. I don't really see a scenario here where the Bengals win the game and Burrow's not the MVP. Yep. And uh, so you could take Burrow to be MVP at plus 275 at Circa instead of the Bengals plus 170 to win the game. Uh, we also got some news. Uh, there's actually something worth updating when it comes to the uh, the Super Bowl from a news perspective. Uh, this is pretty big when it comes to props, things like that. Uh, the Rams, now the expectation is to ride the, quote, hot hand. But uh, Darrell Henderson is expected to play mm-hmm. on Sunday for the Los Angeles Rams. A big deal because, of course, uh, could alter some carries, could alter some yardage for guys like Cam Akers. Sonny Michelle's thrown in there at a couple of spots, too. Uh, so now, all of a sudden, you have a potential trio at running back for the Los Angeles Rams, which throws everything into flux in terms of some of these props for some of these players in the backfield. And yeah. Cam Akers' unders had been a pretty popular wager. There, there was sharp money on Cam Akers' under rushing total, and I think you have to look to play those under, too, because Sean McVay said that yesterday, and that was my first thought. I started going through the Rams' running back props last night and played played some unders because uh, McVay said it's going to be a three-man rotation at the back in the backfield. And uh, no matter what you think, Cam Akers at 62 and a half yards, no matter what you think of the Bengals' defense, it's hard to bet that over. I think you've got to play unders on those Rams running backs. If the carries are going to be split three ways, uh, unders are going to be the way to look for those Rams running backs. Yeah, and you see some of these numbers up there, and you can see Cam Akers, for example. These are via BetMGM. Uh, Cam Akers, 62 and a half rushing yards. He's as low as uh, 60 and a half now, or 59 and a half in some shops in terms of his rushing yards. Uh, his rushing attempts as well, dipping two to in the range of about 15 and a half or 14 and a half, depending on where you look. A longest rush still is still in that like 14 and a half range. Um, but as you're looking around right now, you're starting to see some of the odd shift. Cam Akers scored a touchdown. Uh, the yes, I'm assuming the plus price would start to grow there again. Darrell Henderson was their guy at the beginning part of the season. I would know that because he carried me fantasy-wise throughout a good chunk of my year. So uh, I am really curious to see how this works, and especially for a Rams team that I didn't even think the running backs were going to have a big day anyway, mm-hmm. considering that Stafford, right, was, I think, set for a very big day. So I think this just kind of spells uh, doom for anybody who decided to bet some Cam Akers overs early on. We're going to list all of our uh, best bets for props on uh, tomorrow's show. we got a big Friday football show planned. But I bet a lot of Joe Burrow props over, over 11.5 incompletions, over 36.5 pass attempts, over 276.5 passing yards, over 2.5 rush attempts, and uh, 11.5 rushing yards. Your, your score projection here is for a shootout in this game. And you, like, you think Matthew Stafford's going to have a big game. Did you play Stafford props over? Oh, yeah, over the passing yards for Matthew Stafford. I uh, haven't played over his completions yet, but I think because that number's been pretty static uh, everywhere. I wanted to see if anything mm-hmm. happened there. But I think over on completions would be the way to go, too, with Stafford. But I think uh, with the way that I at least script this out uh, in my head and 
in my analysis, Stafford and the Rams offense, I think, is going to have a really successful day here. You know, we can talk about the Bengals and what they did against Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes, as we know, has had issues against some patient defenses that drop coverage like that. The Stafford offense uh, with the Rams, they've been aggressive. He fits the prototype of a quarterback that has given the Bengals problem all year long, mm-hmm. right, with his average depth of target, the weapons that they have. So I project at the very least that the Rams are going to have a pretty good offensive day on Sunday. Every, every prop you uh, play does not have to be dead serious, you know, where you're trying to get the best of the number and beat everything. You can play a few entertainment props. I, I finally bet the uh, player to score the first touchdown in the game last night. What would you do? I had a dream that Odell Beckham scored the first you're team. In on so the, you're on the OBJ so train, I got, huh? I jumped yeah. on the OBJ train, bet him at 8-1 to one to score the first team. Hey, man, I got him at 25-1 to one to win MVP. So, <laughs> you know what? We're going to be cheering for the same guy on Sunday. Uh, we've got also, you know, by the way, speaking of the Super Bowl, a uh, fun episode of the Harvard Handicappers podcast up last night. Aaron Renning was with me. We talked cross-board props uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl and the NBA. Tied that all together. So that's going to be uh, fun. And Yair's got some best bets up there. Speaking of those, we're going to talk about that on the other side. Uh, discuss, uh, actually ties into ER2, uh, the NBA, some of the games today that's been chaos with some of these lines because of the trade deadline. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. back this segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find. Locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. Best bets. What do you got? Recap from last night, and then we'll go into what you got for today, if anything. Uh, association? What did what, what, you play last night in the association? No, you know what don't, I did. Don't tell me it was the Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, uh, huh? Uh, it went well. Um, Charlotte Hornets. Anyway, uh, yeah, Charlotte Hornets plus three. Uh, did not get there. They, again, get off to an early lead, look like they're playing well, and then completely fall apart uh, in, mm-hmm. into the halftime, into the second half. So ultimately lose outright. Again, got a good number, plus three, close about one and a half or so, but ultimately don't get the cache. Does it, does it, does it make me feel better that Aaron Renning was on the same side as me and we were both um, you know, commiserating about that before the podcast last night? Sure, uh, but it doesn't really cash. Thank God the L is a normal font. Misery loves company. Yeah, thank God. 
You lost, but at least one of your buddies lost too. Yeah. So makes you think you were on the right side because a sharp guy like that was on it. Yeah, we're um, together. Well, yeah. Sometimes that does make a difference. I mean, obviously, everybody's so results oriented, whether it's a W or an L on the chart. But oh. you have to look at the handicapping process and did did you do something wrong? Did you do something right? You also you always have to analyze that stuff too. And and so that, that matters. Even with like these last few, so like for like just like like my last four, for example, right. Uh, Charlotte last night took three, closes one and a half, right? Got the right side of the market, loses. Uh, took under 216 and a half with the Celtics game, closes to 12 and a half, 213, goes over by a half point, right? Friday, when we were here talking about taking four and a half, or excuse me, laying four and a half with Charlotte, closes six and a half, right? They lose that game outright. Mm-hmm. Or taking three and a half with the, uh, or excuse me, four and a half with the Nets, gets down to three, but then Harden's ruled out, closes five and a half. I've read the market pretty well here the last couple of days. Results aren't there, but hey, you know what? The goal is by the end of the season to have a positive, like right, to be positive, to be up. Season's not over with, so oh. you won't get me down, dog. Got a long way to go. It's right. It's a marathon. That's what they say. Uh, it's interesting. Last night, I thought it was, I said it was a circled wagons game for Oklahoma. You got a ranked team coming in. It was a big spot for the Sooners, mm-hmm. and uh, they played like it last night. Uh, Gibson had a huge game, hit eight threes. Sooners pulled away to win in the second half by 15, and I took three on that game. Number closed two and a half. It felt like the right side during the day, and it turned out to be the right side. That pulled me back to even. My record there should be 25 and 25. Uh, tonight, I'm going to play make a similar play. It's uh, Michigan, uh, three-and-a-half-point dog at home against Purdue, and um, – it didn't work out a couple nights ago when I took Illinois plus six at Purdue. That was a game the Illini led by two in the first half mm-hmm. until Jaden Ivey took over the game in the second half. That guy's and, great. I like um, watching that guy play Ivey's basketball. probably going to be a top five pick in the draft. Yep. And uh, maybe he takes over tonight's game too, and this is a loser. But I think this is a tough spot for Purdue because you reached an emotional peak in that game in West Lafayette a couple nights ago. Uh, the crowd was off the hook. That was a huge game. You rally in the second half, win by 16. Ivey plays great. You don't even get a full day off of practice in yep. between then. You got to hit the, you got to jump on the plane the next day, fly to Ann Arbor for this game. And this is a huge one for Michigan because Wolverines need a signature type of win. They've had a disappointing season. If they can get this one tonight, it's big uh, for their resume in March. The Wolverines did blow out Indiana on the road in Bloomington a couple of weeks ago. So I, I think they're going to be a tournament team, but a win like this would be huge for them uh, tonight. So you're going to get Michigan's best effort tonight. When you're a, a top three top five team like Purdue is every time you go on the road, the crowd's going to be jacked up. You're going to take the other team's best shot. And I like home dogs anyway. I liked the Sooners last night. I'll take the Wolverines plus three and a half uh, tonight. And Hunter Dickinson, who uh, had a big game at Purdue on Saturday. These teams, by the way, are playing for the second time in like five days. Yep. Um, Purdue won the first matchup by six. Probably should have won that game by double digits. But tonight is more of a type of game I think is going to go down to the wire. And um, – I'll take the three and a half in a spot like this. I made the number, personally made the number Purdue one and a half, so I figured I would take three or anything better. So I'll take the three and a half that's out there. Can I, uh, I, I wanted to point out there was uh, one game, and I, I didn't think I was going to get involved really, but i just interested because of the result the last time we saw this team, and it's been a team that we have discussed uh, quite a bit on this show. Oh, boy. Huh. South Point, or excuse me, Westgate Superbook and DraftKings just went to four. So you can get Michigan plus four right now. I guess okay. I'll do that. I'll got bet excited. that again. Huh? I got excited. I was like, four on what? <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I thought three and a half was going to be where the market topped out on Purdue, Michigan. But now we're seeing fours out there. So uh, I'll put another bet in at plus four. Okay. I like it. Uh, no, I was just intrigued by the uh, – not a lot of people would be interested in the game itself. But uh, 
San Francisco has been, I think, a wildly disappointing team. And then over the weekend, mm-hmm. losing to a to Portland, which is uh, not a good basketball club. And it was not a good basketball club that uh, was shorthanded as well. Uh-huh. And to lose the game outright. And now they're coming back. They're an 18.5-point favorite against Pepperdine. Uh, it's not like Pepperdine's any great shakes. But watching the San Francisco team, whose best result, I think, lately has been uh, finally putting away BYU, where actually it looked like for a split second they were actually going to blow another double-digit lead against BYU mm-hmm. uh, on the road. Uh, I'm just interested in, from a result standpoint, I will be tracking San Francisco tonight as an 18.5-point favorite. Seems like a spot to bounce back and a bloodletting of sorts uh, against a Pepperdine team who's only win since uh, December 23rd, if you don't count Westmont, uh, has been Pacific. So you would think that the Dons are in a pretty good spot, but the Dons have been wildly disappointing. Pepperdine's lost 9 of 10. Yep. Uh, riding the wave in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I will tell you this. One of the five sharpest college hoop guys I know uh, texted me this morning, and he asked me, what, what are you on today? And then he sent me his plays. He said, my best bet is San Francisco. Yeah. And he typically plays dogs. Uh, but he said, I'm laying it with San Francisco. Yep, so it's, it's, it's a spot that interested me, yeah. and I had it circled, and I'm not sure if uh, yet I'll get involved. And it's also one of those where it's actually a little off the Ken Palm number, which is always rare when it comes to some of these, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, market's a little down on San Francisco. I think it's a projected 21-point win by Ken Palm's ratings, and uh, it's sitting at around 18 and a half. So watch out for the Dons maybe tonight, just blowing out uh, their opponent. All right, uh, with that, some of the Super Bowl props are going to add some more tomorrow. These are the ones uh, that are up. I'm actually going, to, uh, going over to the Westgate after the show today to add a couple of uh, other things as well. Uh, but the Rams minus the three and a half. Uh, now I can officially add it because it's over there, and I bet it on Sunday. Uh, Stafford over the passing yards at 278 and a half. Stafford completions minus two and a half over Evan Mobley. Burrow completions plus one and a half over Darius Garland. Wanted to add to that, and I talked about this with ER uh, on the pod last night, which again is up, the Hardwood Handicappers podcast on the crossboard props involving the NBA. Um, Joe Burrow completions plus one and a half over Darius Garland points and rebounds, or excuse me, points and assist humans. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that works for me that has transpired over the last couple of days is Karis Levert being acquired by the Cleveland Cavaliers. More of an isolation scorer, takes some points off of the shoulders of Darius Garland, I think takes some assists out of the bag as well. So I think that works out pretty well. But Burrow completions plus one and a half over Garland, assists and points. Okay. And then Stafford, longest completion, plus a half over James Harden, points, rebounds, and assists. wonder how that works out now uh, when his... Uh, the opponent has changed because he is now a member of the Philadelphia 76ers and then Odell Beckham Jr., MVP, 25-1. to 1. Well, I think you probably like to staff a bet a little bit better because Harden being with the Sixers is not going to be a ball-dominant hog in this game. He's probably going to be trying to work into the team system. I wouldn't expect him to put up huge numbers. Even if, Is he even going to play? Well, and that's actually my, my question was actually from a rules standpoint. Uh, and this was – I was going to ask Sherman was because he changes teams and the opponent changes – does that have anything to do? I have to read the rules in the uh, the prop sheet. You know, you always want to check your house rules, make sure anything changes or not, whatever. That's actually a, a very good question because the way that prop <laughs> right. is it's worded, worded means everything because James, it's, I think it says in James Hart, in the, it probably says in the Nets it's, game against whatever, yep. so it might be that, that that prop is invalid at it, this point. It's exactly what it says, so yeah, okay. that's, a, that's a question to ask. <clears throat> the Embiid props would still stand because he doesn't change teams, but uh, maybe Harden stuff does. Uh, and that's it. That's all. That's all I got so far for the National Football League. All right. I've got uh, 15 prop bets. We're going to talk about these in depth Ooh, on excited. tomorrow's show. Last year, we did a good job at the props. I, I love prop betting, man. It's last a lot couple, of fun. Last couple of years, you and I have uh, been red hot on the props. Had a lot of winners. Hopefully, it works out this year. The only play, I did not play the total. I did play the side. I took the Bengals plus four and a half. And uh, if that Rams money line really dips, I might consider playing the Rams on the money line. This weekend, because like I said, my score projection for the game is the Rams by two. Um, 
but I think it's going to be a tight game. I took four and a half with the Bengals. I do have a list of 15 props. We're going to go over all this stuff on the Football Friday show tomorrow. We've got Scott Kellen. He's got some props that he wants to uh, talk about tomorrow. And also Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, is going to be in studio with us uh, tomorrow at 1.30. Last bit of news. I wanted to update this because uh, this is your favorite NBA player. Mm-hmm. You see that Romeo Langford got traded. Is not my favorite <laughs> NBA player, but that's not going to hurt the Celtics. Where is he headed? Uh, he went to Dallas. Uh, or no, it should be San Antonio. Excuse me. Uh, Derek White is now a member of the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, Romeo Langford is over in San Antonio. So, and For those who don't know, that's a callback. Uh, one of Matt's, uh, Matt Eumann's best rants was uh, when Romeo Langford got drafted by pick. the uh, Boston Celtics in the lottery. <laughs> he was a lottery pick. It was ridiculous. Everybody praises Danny Ainge. He does do some dumb things. Uh, by the way, Brooks Kepka, Yeah. Xander Shoffley, right near the top of the leaderboard in the uh, – WMPO Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale. <laughs> all right, we're all done. Uh, make sure you check out any part of this show that you missed out on. Vston.com slash podcast. My guys in the desert coming up next. See you tomorrow. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.